Hello and welcome to Relatively Interesting. Uh, I am here sipping on a nice apple and pear tea bag in relatively sunny Pinna. How is everyone doing? Hello, here. Didn't introduce yourself, you weirdo. What, me? Yeah, you. (laughs) Who are you? I'm Adam. Surely people (laughs) know that by now. Hopefully, yeah. by the third episode. Well, hopefully, but what if this is the first episode that someone listens to and they don't know who we are? That's true. Well, they might be tuning in for specifically my topic this week, which is oh, uh, going to be a real confidence. Cool <laughs> I'd say so. So, I'm Nat. You didn't already know by the third episode. And I'm sipping on a black coffee made with a cafetiere. And Crikey, it is relatively, relatively cloudy here in Bangor, North Wales. I like this thing we're going with. <laughs> well, people get confused. They go, you got a banger, Maine? No. <laughs> Who does that? Uh, American Americans. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fair enough. Uh, awesome. I'm Hello, uh, I'm Ellie, and I'm drinking, oh, uh, a blackcurrant squash that I made last night because I didn't drink it. Um, uh, and it is relatively sunny, but partly cloudy where I am. It's also... Relatively interesting. Relatively interesting. Relatively interesting. Oh, the time delay on that. That was well timed. That's really good timing. But it's fun. <laughs> uh, so, Adam, what's your? What are we going to be talking about today? Well, yeah, throw us in the deep end. I'm I'm excited for this. We are going to have a whistle stop tour of the world of wine. <laughs> Classy. Would you expect anything less? I like nothing wine. Less. Nothing less. So today I'm we're very going to be excited. learning uh, what is wine. We're going to learn about uh, different types of wine and the differences between them. Adam, because you love us, have you prepped a wine tasting for each of us? Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's arriving at they our front are, doors in all, 15 minutes. They're all here. They're all here. <laughs> Sadly not. Oh. Uh, because it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> Never too early? It's, it's 12 or o'clock it? somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is never too early, but it is too early. <laughs> Unless you're in church and you're just having a little sip. If we're just responsible, drink responsibly. <laughs> yes, drink responsibly. That's a big one. Uh, what is wine? Uh, Are you asking us? Yeah. Grape juice for adults. <laughs> I've grape not. juice. Um, yeah, I think it's just. I think it's not very mature grapes, like kind of un- unripened grapes, crushed. Are you calling them immature grapes? No, you know As what I mean. As opposed to like... raisins. Because no. <laughs> that's, pre- that's prune juice. Raisins are the old people of the fruit world. <laughs> no, what I mean is like, are they grapes that are kind of in like oh, ripe or unripe? I thought that they were unripe and you took them early and you crush them for well they are actually wine. the opposite they try and get them as ripe as possible oh. uh, because the riper they are the more sugary they are which means a they taste sweeter but also mm. you need sugar uh, the sugar is what uh, ferments with yeast to create alcohol basically wow um, oh glucose and yeast yeah that makes sense yeah exactly Hashtag science yeah um, and the longer you leave it, the more alcoholic it will be. Um, so sometimes they stop fermentation earlier to try and make a drink sweeter, or they might 
stop it later to try and make it more alcoholic. Uh, oh. well, now, I, I don't, we're not going to cover all the varieties of wine. Port and mead and dessert wine and sparkling wine and... And Lambrini. Oh, yeah. Buckfast. <laughs> Buckfast, yeah. <laughs> what even is Buckfast? I can't... It's, it's a tonic wine which was brewed, which used to be brewed by monks. Yeah. And isn't it made Obviously, in they didn't drink it to excess. It's made in Devon. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that sounds about it, right. And it's lethal. And Scottish people <laughs> love it. Absolutely well, lethal. I'm told. Not just Nat Scottish people. Nat loves it people. as well. Not just. Love it. Not just Scottish people. I've never tried it in my life. Maybe next oh, well, Have you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or culture. <laughs> so what wines are you going to be talking about today, Adam? Well, we're going to be talking about just just normal wine, really. Just like red wine, white wine, rosé. So we're going to start off by uh, looking at the differences. So red wine is made using red grapes. Wow! Mm. But also, they use the whole grape, so they put the skin in, the seeds in. Um, okay. I just chuck it all in there and press it down and let it ferment together. Oh, uh, shit. That sounds fun. And then ferment it for like 10 days. Wow. Is that what has that sort of fuller flavor? Because it's quite, like, I don't want to say dense because it's not dense, but do you get what I mean? Like, when you drink red Thicker. wine, it's a bit, yeah, yeah. it's a bit, the, the flavor is a bit more like whole. Yeah, Whereas white so. wine's sort of like be. a bit sweeter. Well, white wine, they just use the juice of the grapes. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have all the skin and stuff. But it is fermented for sense. longer. So that's three oh, weeks wow. to ferment white wine, white wine. And here's the question. What is rosé? Uh, red See, and white mixed lo- together. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's a specific kind of grape that they grow for rosé. Or it's a specific like stage in the grape growing process that they go, uh, yeah, that's rosé. I think they use the red skin and then the white juice. You're, Tell us, I mean, you're, you're both sort of touching. There's, there's a few different ways that are, I'll t- tell you the two least common ways. So the budget way to do it is just blend red and white wine together. Oh, no, that sounds like that. a terrible idea. That's, uh, or you could use a mixture of red and green grapes. But the most common way to do it is to use red grapes. Oh, but more diluted? Well, no. Basically, they don't leave the grapes in for as long because the thing that gives a wine its colour is the skin. So by taking the skin out quite early on, they, oh. they well, it stays that clearer colour, but then they also ferment it as if it's white wine, so it has that longer fermentation period. Oh. So it's kind of like red grape juice. Yeah. yeah, kind of. Wow, so it's kind of a happy middle ground. And I've—I'll be honest—I've always discounted rosé, but having learned more <gasps> about it, I—I I think I'd be more interested to try it out. Every middle-aged white woman is very annoyed with you now that you discounted rosé. I think. Well, I think rosé is such a scale, isn't it? Because I can imagine you can get some really nice rosé, but mostly in the shops, it's that sort of two pound ninety-eight. Well, there are some nice ones in the shop. Great grape juice. Well, yeah, but they're always on the top shelf. And you think I'm paying 20 quid for a bottle of rosé? Behave yourself. If you you want to enjoy your time and if you want to, like, you know, give it as a gift to someone, I would go and get something like a 20 quid bottle. But if you're just drinking it for a night out, 
whacking it down on that one ninety nine little kind of bottom think, level. Would you would you give someone a bottle of rosé? Is that something? <laughs> yeah, like probably. Either. Uh, yeah, sure. maybe. But if I if I was going to say Adam's house, Adam and Karis's house, I would bring red wine because I know that Adam likes prefers red wine. And then I bring a bottle of white, which is a bit of a you know crappy white for myself. So, <laughs> well, this is this actually brings me nicely onto my next point, which is uh, how do you choose a bottle of wine? Oh, and I'm going to ask, a... how do you two choose a bottle of wine? I mean, you've kind of in, given some insight. <laughs> Cheapest um... one. Not always the cheapest one. Not always the cheapest one. Usually, I like to go for the label design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a fun label design. Yeah, I don't like the old style ones. I like the ones with lots of like cool patterns on them. Sort of like you know, like the South African ones where they have like the cool the animals on them. I can't remember what it's called. I always enjoy barefoot as well. Barefoot do really nice rosé and really but good. Why, um, do you white choose them because well. of the quality? Is that why you originally chose them? I choose or it... barefoot because of the quality, but I choose the fun designs because of the fun designs. I'm so... quite a sucker for the fun designs. Don't, don't, yeah. don't judge a book by its cover, but exactly. I do judge a bottle of wine by its label. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I had one with flamingos on it once. It was great. I feel like as well, with, when, when you have a bottle of wine and it's sort of in the midsection, when it's got this really elaborate, like, posh label, you just think they're trying too hard and they're trying to cover something up. Which just isn't. It's still quite cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like jeans that should say Armani, but they say Armini instead. You know, it's that kind of like, what are you hiding? Just a bit off brand, you know. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Well, in terms of price, uh, Janice Robinson, who is a well known wine critic, I presume. Well, not well known by me, but she is very well known in the wine world and has written this book. The twenty-four hour wine expert, which you I you actually bought the book. No, it was given, it was given to me as a gift uh, a oh. couple of years ago. It's it's quite it's very interesting. It's a useful That's like great. it's only thin. It's a good. I'd recommend it if you're interested in a kind of cursory glance into the world of wine. Love that. She says that anything between eight and twenty pounds is a pretty good standard price for a normal person to spend. Um, yeah. but it's also worth bearing in mind that when you buy a bottle of wine, you're not just paying for the wine, are you? You're paying for the bottle, you're paying for VAT, you might be paying yeah. customs duty if it's come from abroad and like the little corkage as well. Of keeping possibly. Well, if it's a wedding, then you're paying. So yeah. what you're telling me is that if I buy a three pound bottle of wine, the wine might actually cost only about two pounds. Uh, I'm afraid it actually gets worse because there's a website <laughs> Vivendian, I think that I'm pronouncing that right, who created a, a diagram about it this year. And they say that if you, on average, if you spend a fiver on a bottle of wine, how much do you think you're spending on the actual wine in the bottle? I'm going to say 50p. Really ridiculous, like, yeah, 67p or something. Well, you're both optimistic. 31p is the... Uh, what that's like no way. nothing uh, oh that makes a, me question many of my choices however that's a huge profit margin that <laughs> well yeah i mean all those things cost i think you have, you pay quite a hef, hefty tax on alcohol whereas if you spend 20 pounds you're spending seven pounds 31 on the wine which is still mm. less than half but okay it's close to half which so yeah. yeah, there's kind of a sliding scale is the more you pay, the more wow. you're paying. So how much are we paying for the label? 
don't know, hundreds probably. One of the thing I find with the label is that it's um I don't know, it's quite hard to understand, isn't it? Sometimes. There's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I like it when they have the scale on the back of the label and it's got that little slider as to where it is. So you can actually tell whether it's like a sweet or a dry one. Mm, that's oh. helpful to people yeah. who, no. who aren't very whiny or people <laughs> who aren't wine connoisseurs like us. You're not whiny at all, Isabel. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pipe down. You both, both need to watch yourselves. Well, what are you going to do? Come, come, come and find us. You know, I, stay will, inside. I will send a box <laughs> of bees oh, to your door. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Bees. <laughs> oh, dude. so well. I'll take the yeah. penalty charge. <laughs> what is the penalty charge? It's bottle of wine this, uh, this week. Yeah, but, bottle of wine this week. <laughs> For people who aren't, uh, who, who don't, know what's happening with the coronavirus thing if we mention coronavirus or lockdown in this uh in, <laughs> in this podcast then a siren supposedly goes off and we get punished because we're trying to take away from all the uh the negativity and all the the, the much of reality and we're trying to have fun here so well, she's done but well, she's yeah. done really well by mentioning it <laughs> I'm just trying to make people aware because they might have listened to this episode for the first time. Back, so back to wine. Back to wine. <laughs> Good thing you didn't mention it last week. I think the think the punishment was being kidnapped by pirates. Yeah, marooned. Instead of just buying a bottle of wine. Uh, anyway, where were we? Wine labels. Yeah. So yes. Uh, the three things I think that are good slash the book to look out for are the type of grape. So if it's red, you might have Malbec, Pinot Noir, Cabernet Sauvignon. If it's oh. white, you might have a uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, uh, uh, Riesling. Hang on. Riesling. Oh. Is a Sauvignon just a Sauvignon, a red wine? Well, you also get Sauvignon Blanc. Which is the white wine as well. Yes, I think... It must be that the white wine, it's, it's the same brand, not brand, it's the same like variety of grape, but same family. Uh, so Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon Blanc are related. Apparently Cabernet Sauvignon, which is the red one, is a cross between Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Franc, which is another type of grape. Oh, fancy. Mm. I guess maybe that's the case for Pinot Noir slash Grigio. Pinot Noir. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I completely got that from Kimmy Schmidt and I just like... Do you feel, yeah, do you feel, do you feel better now that you've had an energetic outburst? <laughs> <laughs> it's been waiting. It's been brewing for a while. You know, when it was half an hour ago, it's been brewing. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm good. I'm like fine. A, like a post-breakfast <laughs> belch. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, I promise no oh. wine has been consumed during the recording of this uh, podcast. This, we can't this is genuinely blackcurrant juice. No, this is genuinely <laughs> blackcurrant juice. I'm not. I don't like red wine. I'm a rosé and white wine girl. Definitely. Do you not like red wine? Oh, that's terrible. Mm. Wait, you're a rosé. Blackcurrant yeah. juice is literally the colour of rose. Eh? <laughs> no, it's not. It. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it could be a dark rating. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, not. Dear. It's not that. I promise. Adam, you were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you might on your label, you might be looking for a grape type. You also might be looking for a region, i.e., where it's grown, what country, yeah. uh, and maybe alcohol level because you oh yeah that but also alcohol level can affect the flavor because obviously it tastes more um alcoholic yeah <laughs> uh the other thing to bear in mind is the year or the vintage oh yes now, this is where everyone gets really like fancy with their what does the, years like, what does the vintage or a 1936 mean? sauvignon or something like that i'm like what are you talking about i've well, known very old well the word vintage in the wine world doesn't necessarily mean that it's old a vintage just refers to what year it was grown so for example uh wines made last year would be the vintage of 2019 oh okay. so the reason that people might say something is a good vintage is because that year so basically you have to remember that the basically wine is is grapes and even if you do your process of fermenting it and bottling it really well Ultimately, if you haven't got good grapes, it's not going to be good. So if you're very reliant on the like health of the plants, on the climate, on, I don't know, amount of rainfall, all kinds of things. So yeah. if you have a good year in a certain region, then that would produce a good vintage of grapes, which in turn would make good wine. Oh, um, lovely. So I think like, you know, 2019, for example, might have been a great year for grapes. Know, Europe, but it might not have been such a good year for California or something okay. is my understanding of it. Uh, so that's so yeah. Sense. I guess I guess you could so if you weren't if you were going if you had the options of multiple years in a shop. Uh, yeah. Then I guess you could probably just Google it. As, so you, as the years go further years back, so as the years go further back, mm -hmm. do you does it become more expensive? So if I was to buy a two thousand and nine one or something, would that be very expensive? I think generally. It would. So this comes on to one of my wine myths I was going to cover, which is the longer you keep wine, the better it tastes. And the answer oh. not necessarily. Oh. So and why is that, not. Adam? Well, apparently most mass market wines that you buy in a supermarket are made to be drunk within a year or two. Yeah. Uh, some wines that are like expensive, more than you or I would probably spend on a bottle, uh, maybe may benefit from aging but then there are also some wines that are very expensive that you don't want to age for too long mm. um i think a couple of months can be good because apparently it can take some time to settle down into the bottle after wow. the process of bottling but yeah i mean they the in the book uh janice robinson says she feels that generally people open wine too late rather than too early Ah. So I think if you're if it, some wines are designed to mature in the bottle for a long time. So for a supermarket bottle of wine, what's the ideal time to open it? Straight away. <laughs> well, I think it it can depend on the what what type of wine it is. You know, like what type of grape, whether it's white or red. So for example, like a white Pinot Grigio, you might want for up to two years uh, before you open it as in it will be oh, before you drink for it. up to two oh, okay. years, I, I think that's ah. my understanding of it uh so sorry to all those people that are saving supposedly nice bottles of wines for a special occasion it's going to taste gross 
yeah Post- <laughs> it's not gonna uh, possibly- be worth it <laughs> i mean like i say i think it's worth it's worth finding out what but then i suppose it wouldn't go like uh, would it would it go like off off or would it just taste not as good as it would have done <laughs> i guess it would just be past its best yeah, yeah. Past its it wouldn't be like vinegar but it would be like you know kind of gross yeah and yeah. i think it's generally red wines that uh designed to be kept for longer yeah white wines some white wines i think slightly sweeter wines could, can last longer but yes so basically the answer is it depends yes so have you have either of you ever been to a wine tasting does buying three bottles of different um, wine for a yes, night out count as was... a wine tasting? I mean, technically, yeah. If you <laughs> spent some time comparing them, <laughs> yeah, that was nicer. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Ellie, what were you say? I, I haven't. Been I to helped an organize wine. one at a. I have been to one. It was uh, back whilst I think while you were in Malawi, Adam, actually. Um, the Goodmans were away and we kind of, we, we Sean and I set up a, a wine tasting evening um, for people of the church, which was very fun, actually. I was mainly in charge of the cheese. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> but, but, what is it? But, cheddar. Cheddar. Um, <laughs> no, that was kind of like Santa Girl and kind of, you know, Camembert, that kind of thing. It was, it was a range of cheeses and I arranged it very nicely. Um, but yeah, the wine tasting was there and I, I stayed away, far away from the reds because I don't like red. Oh. Yeah. Adam, have you ever been to a wine tasting? I think right. I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes, I have. Um, <laughs> Uh, I went to one that was like a sort of social one with some of Karis's work colleagues, um, which was quite a, one of her colleagues is quite a, quite clued up on wine. And that was quite an interesting evening. I think we tried like quite a lot, like six of each, I think. I mean, obviously, oh, like wow. a bit of each, like a little bottle of a glass, but it was interesting to compare so many different varieties. It's like six reds and six whites. Uh, what so what's what, what was the sort of process what, what sort of techniques do they get you to use to actually get the full flavor out of the wine the full that is a lovely gesture i think isabel to suggest sorry this is, the full flavor sorry the body of the wine well i'm glad you asked tasting wine generally has four parts which is look smell taste and think and what uh, think well think we'll come to that so looking <laughs> you you tend to like hold it up to the light you might be able to tend you might be able to tell how if it's older or younger so apparently white wines get darker with age red wines get lighter with age um you can also tell you can you know when you swill it around in the glass you can see like the liquid running down the side of the glass and if it does the that legs. slowly the legs yes well done that's what you think indicates how sugary it might be so I think if it's slower, it's more sweet. That makes sense. More viscous. Yeah. Um, Good word. Just have a look. And then you do some smelling, which apparently is very important uh, to the taste. What is it, like half of smell is taste or something? I don't know. Something like that, yeah. That's what people say. Uh, and that's when you do the swirling around bit to release 
release the aromas Ooh. Uh, and get like a, get like your nose right in there and really inhale inhale mm. and then you taste some get it on your tongue let it sort of move around your mouth a bit i've when when we picked our wines for our wedding we also tasted a couple and the wine guy in there he was like doing some weird slurping like <laughs> thing over his tongue which apparently is a is a thing that's it's a technique thing. i think that's the only technique that i knew about wine tasting the, the pulling over your tongue what, the like but you sort of you rest it on your tongue and then you sort of like aerate it because apparently yeah. it tastes completely different maybe it can taste completely different with a nice bottle of wine as opposed to Shy pig. Shy pig. We've still got your shy pig in the fridge, Nathan. I don't know what to do with it. I'm waiting for uh, a chance to drink it. Pour it into an envelope and send it up. <laughs> and then once you've tasted it, you do your thinking, which is a bit of a sounds like a bit of a wet step, but actually it's, it's when you like think about what you describe what it smells or tastes like so the three four um like parameters of wine that you might use to describe it are the acidity like how tart it is the sweetness the alcohol level <clears throat> and the tannins do we know what tannins are no i don't wait i know you get uh i don't know you get tannins you get tannins in wood maybe i think you do get tannins in wood because when you boil wood for, right, I learned this from an aquarium. Why when you, you boil, boil wood, wood? <laughs> why would you so, boil wood? Because the tannins are part of the things that make the wood float. So if you want it in an aquarium, you boil the wood to get rid of the tannins, and the water goes brown, which is the tannins. That's that's probably right. That sounds kind of right because so tannin is like the it's the name of a natural preservative that's found in well you find it in grape skins, but other places. It, um, and you know if you ever have like a sip of cold tea and your mouth feels really dry. Mm. Yeah. That's that's tannin. Tannins. Uh, that's, that's, oh, so is that, that how kind they of have... like dryness? Is that how they distinguish between dry and like sweet wine? Because dry has more tannins than it, which makes it have that dry so. feel. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Not the sommelier. Yeah, the... Yeah. I thought you said the smellier. I was like, yeah, the smellier. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, speaking of sommeliers, 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 <laughs> uh, sommeliers, there's a great documentary, which I think is called Som, uh, and it was on Netflix when I watched it, I don't know if it still is, which is about people training for the, the master sommelier qualification, which is like a very top, top, high-end thing. Wow. And they do the, I mean, they, they have to learn lots of stuff, but the like party trick, so to speak, is where they, they'll do a blind taste of a wine and they'd be able to tell you exactly like what grape it is and what part of the world it's from, even down to like a specific vineyard sometimes. Wow. Oh, wow. It's incredible. That's so cool. Don't uh, sommeliers get, sommeliers, uh, get their noses like insured? I think some of the good ones do, yeah, because that's, that's their livelihood. Essentially. If you have a cold, don't go wine tasting because well, yeah, you won't be able to taste it. Yeah. Um, but the one that's thing cool. I sort of learned from that uh, documentary was that the you can use anything to describe a wine you know like there was one guy who like described the smell of wine as like a new packet of tennis balls you know that that smell you get when you open it fresh. Yeah. yeah 
Uh, I'd be worried if my wine smelt like tennis balls, <laughs> to be honest. But I, I think not, not primarily, but I think it's like a particular aroma. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, you can use, there's lots of fancy words you can use to describe a taste. Oaky like. cab. Like that, for example. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when you, when you do your wine testing, you know when they come out with these random flavours, look at the bottle and you're like, really? got pine yeah. nuts really yeah um, could you actually when you did the thinking could you actually like taste some weird flavors i think because whenever so. i taste wine i just i can't taste anything what they're talking about wine is wine bottle mm. what, unless so it's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah but like i remember when i drank a um it was a bottle of white that I think I think it was some kind of Echo Falls or something but it was like a I think it was like a um <laughs> like a mango passion fruit one and you could taste the fruit within it it was very fruity it, and i think that's because they put syrup in echo falls to make why it are you fruity. ruining everything <laughs> why are you ruining everything it literally says mango and passion fruit infused on the front of the bottle yeah that's what i'm saying it said that on the bottle and it tasted like it, mm. you need... it. <laughs> you're ruining it you're ruining everything but i, I believe as well you could taste things <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate you both. I hate you do they, both. Do they do infused wines. Yeah. Oh wow. Like the summer, they're the summer fruits on as well. It's just, they literally just pump a flavouring into it. <laughs> Anything's valid. Uh, well. Anything's valid. Except that. Um, I, 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 I find that I'm very, uh, very easy to. If someone says that something smells like something, they'd be like, I think I can smell apricots. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I can smell apricots, actually. I don't know. I find it very suggestive. Yeah. Or like I'm very open to suggestion on it, which makes me doubt mm. my tasting skills at all. But sometimes you do yes. you come up with something, and it's quite exciting. So I've got a, few, a couple more wine myth-busting Ooh. tips for those who want it. So, Bring it. Some people think that a mark of a good bottle of wine comes with a what's called a punt, which is like that indentation in the bottom of the bottle. If that's deeper, uh -huh. then it's a better wine. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there's not that's not really the case. People that means there's less wine in it. Well, no, I think the bottles. There's still it'll still be the same amount of wine. Why does really? it have a punt in it? What is the point of the punt? Well, because. Wait, if you're a proper waiter, you I think you serve wine holding oh, it yeah. the bottom. So you kind of put your thumb <laughs> in the bottom and your finger. The claw. And the claw. Of, <laughs> I guess if you, the claw. you just walked around like that, it would be. Yeah. You hold it like like hold it with thumb on the bottom, fingers around the bottom, and then you yeah pour and then you, like twist. you twist. You twist the twist as you come away. back up is very important. Yeah. But I, whenever I twist it, it just seems to like fling it in like a 360. Whee! <laughs> Wait, it's possible. And I, I know this is very rare for you, Nathan, but you might just be doing it a bit too enthusiastically. Yeah, maybe. I would. <laughs> I'm, usually, I'm usually really calm with my, with my <laughs> move. <laughs> Next wine myth. Uh, red wine for meat, white wine for fish. Yes, no way. no that. way is that the myth. first time i heard that was in miranda uh when <laughs> when she she was doing a dinner party for her adult friends and couples and that kind of thing and her she's never done like an adult As thing in her life really friend. 
<laughs> Shut up. And her, <laughs> her mother does basically does everything for her. And she's kind of whispering. She's like, red, red wine, meat, white wine, fish. And then she just she talks about crockery and that kind of thing. And it's brilliant. And that's the first time I heard white wine and red wine and which it goes with. So... Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's not a myth, so to speak, but I think it's what you call a, a rule of thumb. Rule um, of thumb. Because it's... A guideline. It's kind of more about uh, what kind of category rather than meat and fish. So I think you want to, you wanna, if you're eating something that's got quite a meaty, well, either a meaty flavour or like a you know, big distinctive flavour, like a steak or, or pork belly or something. Sorry, no offence, Nathan. Then you no, want something that... Um, <laughs> I'm so confused then that I remember that he was vegetarian. I was like, what? Really? A McCartney nut roast, let's say. Yeah, really oh, yeah. like something with lots of flavour, then you're gonna want a wine that's like got a quite a strong flavour to go with it. Mm. Um, which generally might be a red, but it's not always. Whereas if you're eating something quite delicate, I like a it. fish. For example, like a fish, then you want some a wine that doesn't overpower the flavour of that food. But you could choose like quite a light, gentle red to go with a fish, if it was right. Uh, the Twenty Four Hour Wine Expert book has got lots of examples of different types of food that you might want to pair with certain types of wine. But very nice. It's kind of up to you. Because I see uh, in these posh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I see in these posh restaurants where um where they kind of go they have a a meat or something or a steak and they'll say recommended paired with uh, and they'll give you a wine that they'll pair it with so often it's done for yourself done for yourself um done already for you so you can then just kind of go with it but I just yeah I (laughs) I I just need to explore red wine a bit more I think because I'm very prejudiced against it. Just don't like it. Screw cap wine bottles are for lower quality wine. Ah, uh, uh, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. False, <laughs> false. They are not. Oh, uh, oh. Are they not? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, we're on myths. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't realize that you were doing a true or false. I thought you were just going. This is a fact. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, I didn't uh, explain. Well. There's a, I mean, historically, they that was the case because the technology wasn't very reliable when it first came came in. Um, but now screw caps are might even be a bit more reliable than cork for wow air from getting out. Some say. Um, some say. It is quite nice with the red. I don't I don't know with the white, but to smell the cork after you've popped it. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's the one thing I can nice. appreciate about red wine or prosecco. Oh. I miss Prosecco. Um, with Prosecco, you just you smell. Prosecco's not just... gone anywhere. <laughs> I know, I know, but I can't have it at the moment, and I'm really sad that I can't have it. So yeah, but yeah. You want to drink? You want to drink spam? <laughs> no, I'm I'm currently trying to lose weight, so it's, um, it's oh, alcohol is kind okay. of very minimal at the moment. Okay, final one. Okay. Uh, wine myth: You get a taste of wine in restaurants to see if you like it or not. No. Uh, no. I don't. don't. I don't think so. Well, it's, what, it's not wine myth section, so why do they? Get... <laughs> I think right. <laughs> it's not negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> you open the bottle, you drink the wine. Like 
Why? 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 Why, why do, do you do you, it? Why? Well, you do it to find out if it's corked. Now, corked is where occasionally a cork will fail um, and allow oxygen to get into the wine, which obviously can ruin it if it's happened for long enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's basically the seal has failed um, and it just tastes really off, apparently, which is what, oh. what you're tasting it for. So you're not. Uh, you're not tasting to try and find like it's not like a test just to, yeah just verify it but it is very rare uh so screw cap. when people order try to take offers to taste the wine first thinking they're gonna do it to see if they like it the sommelier secretly laughing at them because they're like <laughs> you idiot. that's not why you do it Possibly, yeah. There's an amusing anecdote by a lady called Victoria James, who's a successful American sommelier uh, in one of her books, um, where she talks about a guy who is a like a I think it's like a business lunch, and orders one of the most expensive bottles on the menu, opens it and tells everyone that it's been corked, uh, and she's obviously a professional sommelier and knows that it hasn't. But she's only got one more bottle left of that particular wine. It's expensive, so she doesn't want to waste it. So she she's like, okay, sorry about that, sir. I'll uh, I'll go and get you another one. So she goes back, brings back exactly the same bottle, pours another bit, and he takes a sip, and he's like, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, it can be a bit of a bit of an opportunity to be a mess around, unhelpful person. That's so good. Have you seen those little uh, wine glasses that you can get to put on top of a wine bottle? You just drink yes. from the bottle. I really want one. That would and be it comes, so it, good. It comes out bit by bit in the wine glass. That's yeah. awesome. But it's basically just drinking from the bottle in a classy way, which is everything that I would like to have and be. I don't think that makes it classy. Um. Of course it does. No. <laughs> it's wine in a glass, but the glass is on top of the bottle, so... It's fun and classy. It's classy. Classy! Well, I hope you feel like you are better educated on wine than you were at the beginning of this podcast. I feel enlightened. Yeah, I feel like a lot of secrets have been exposed. A lot of myths have been busted for me. Every time someone tells me what I now know is a wine myth, I'll be like, no, not correct. Uh And then I'll I'll refer them to this podcast for more views. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. Let's hope I'm right. But then. no, it's good. I might, I might try when, uh, might, might try wine tasting at some point. Maybe when no. you yeah. see each other. No, when I it's see each other, you... we'll do organise a little wine tasting. I think if you do it with people who you like being around, um, it it becomes more fun because if you just yeah. go to a wine tasting just for the wine tasting, it's not your profession. It's just a bit like oh yeah. Hey. But yeah, I feel like wine is something to be enjoyed with friends and responsibly. Thank oh, you. And that's a good point to end. Well, <laughs> please thank drink you. responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Yes. And please uh, enjoy yourselves. The Echo Fools with the fruits. With the fruits. <laughs> <laughs> you lot are still on that? Uh, yeah. Of course we are. So thank you very much for listening to Relatively Interesting, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.